Today is Friday, March 2nd, 2018, and this is Radio Wave. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and tonight a friend of Medjugorje is going to speak to us about a message that we received again today from Our Lady. Our Lady has given direction for the whole world at this time. I'd like to begin by asking a friend of Medjugorje a question that's been on my mind for the last couple of weeks. Ever since the shooting happened in Florida, there's been a lot of things back and forth and back and forth about solutions, and this is the problem, and this is the cause, and this is the what we ought to be doing. And But one thing that's been a, a consistent recurring thing that people have said is that what we need is greater access to psychiatric help. Do you agree with that? Not really. Actually, the problems we suffer from today is really a result of sin. Uh, I know the mom who took care of this, who was the foster mom, never taught this boy, Cruz, any self-help, take care of your needs, fold the bed up, or clean the room. He didn't get any of this training. And that came from the other people who took him in after he was orphaned a second time by his mother, who just died around last November, I think it was. So that being the case, a lot of problems we think is mental illness can be related to things that happen to people or whatever their situation may be. And Satan makes use of those things. It's a vessel for Satan to use a sickness, even if he doesn't possess the person or the incapabilities that they don't have in life lessons as far as the way they were raised, that causes these things. And there is psychiatric drugs that we know that I just wrote about in the last words of the harvester that ties this into all the shootings. We don't have these things in an abnormal way that we do now, except for we're denying everything the spiritual. We have the spiritual diseases, which has come from divorce, broken family, a lack of a grand way of life, a lack of work ethic. And not a whole lot is expected out of children, except you go 1 through 12th grades or 1 through all the way college graduation, and you don't learn any skills. You're just working for a piece of paper. So how can we not have problems when you have low self-esteem? We addressed this on Medjinomics last time or a couple of times ago, all these difficulties. So your question about... Well, the reason I asked the question is because you come from your whole life's work is the message. It's Medjugorje. It's the message. What what you were just saying, the agrarian life, the problems in the family, you, do you believe the message is speaking and giving those solutions that you're saying right now 
that what you just wrote in The Harvester, you really believe the message is really speaking to that? There's no question about it. When I moved out here in this valley, I came out here for a purpose of giving my children a heritage. It's interesting that they call meat heritage beef, heritage chickens. I came out here to have heritage and tradition and memories that the kids that I raised would be able to bring their kids the way this is my home. This is where I was raised. This is what made me. This is the house that made me. And so I was aligned with that realizing. I've spoken about this before with the message of Our Lady. By some actions and steps I'd taken to get away from everything, not escape human contact at all, but to raise my family in a way that I felt instinctively through, and I wouldn't say I was a great prayer warrior at that time in the 70s, but still I thought a lot about God and I had the heritage of the way I was raised. And yeah, that has a huge bearing on it. Marriage, the husband and wife relationship has a huge bearing on these things happening. And they're always going the wrong way. What's a gun? What does it do? It doesn't kill anybody. It's he who holds it. We know that when we was being raised in the 50s and 60s, 70s, people weren't doing a lot of this stuff. Yes, there's always been murders. There's always been killing. But the thing about the weapons that's being used and what so much talk is about is not the problem. The problem is who's handling that and why are they handling it the way they handle it. And I don't want to get in a gun debate. I don't want to go this way. The point I'm making is our kids bring knives to schools. Our kids bring born arrows to schools. They made born arrows. If, they, if they're going hunting here, they may have one there in the school. We don't worry about that because we're raising our kids that they don't even have this in the concepts of life of that being a threat. So the devil's always looking for reasons to do something for a purpose, and he's very involved with this whole situation. And so we have people suffering really for the lack of wisdom of how to raise youth and how to form them. And so Our Lady gives this message today and speaks very strongly about pain, because what was her life about was pain. So the message to Mariana for the world, for us, for non-believers, is filled with these things. You've got 17 families down there in Florida suffering with immense pain. Our Lady doesn't say, feel sorry for yourself. Our Lady doesn't say in this message today that you need to be pitying yourself. She says, embrace the pain. We're not the big correctors of injustice. And that's what's going on. People are self-grandizing themselves. They want to be the correctors of injustice. When the visionaries complained to Our Lady about this, you know what Our Lady said to them? Because they're being treated wrongly. She says, there's always been injustice in the world. In other words, take it. Are we saying this to these poor families in Florida? No. What we're saying is, the circumstances, what you have is what you have. The best way to get through this is to embrace it. And God turns something beautiful from that. The rejection of it will make more pain, more problems, and more things that will be difficult mentally in you who are suffering from this great loss. So our lady's messages should be listened very carefully because she addresses us in real time and personally and for the whole world. Our Lady, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's March 2nd, 2018 message 
given on the day for non-believers through Mariana. Dear children, great are the works that the Heavenly Father has done in me, as he does in all those who love him tenderly and who faithfully and devoutly serve him. My children, the Heavenly Father loves you, and it is through his love that I am here with you. He is speaking to you. Why do you not desire to see the signs? Everything is easier alongside him. Also pain lived with him is easier because faith exists. Faith helps in the pain. And pain without faith leads to despair. Pain lived and offered to God raises up. Did my son not redeem the world through his painful sacrifice? As his mother, I was with him in the pain and suffering, as I am with all of you. My children, I am with you in life, in suffering, in pain, in joy, and in love. Therefore, have hope. It is hope that makes you comprehend that life is there. My children, I am speaking to you. My voice is speaking to your soul. My heart is speaking to your heart. O oh, apostles of my love, how much my motherly heart loves you. How many things I desire to teach you. How my motherly heart desires that you be complete. And you can be complete only when your soul, body, and love are united within you. I implore you as my children, pray much for the church and her servants, your shepherds, that the church may be such as my son desires, clear as spring water and full of love. Thank you. It's exciting to see the progression of Our Lady's messages going deeper, more intimate, more revealing of what she wants us to live. There's a song that came out years ago. We played it on Radio Wave called, You're Gonna Miss This. And waking up, our crew for the second month starts at 3.30 in the morning. The anticipation the night before, thinking about that, Our Lady's gonna be appearing and getting ready for the message to come, then writing something for the site, then preparing for the broadcast tonight. All these things are something that I know I'll miss because we're we're on the front edge of the birth of a message that will last into eternity and will be the cause of people going to heaven. We have a lot of wounded people. We have people who have their wings broken. We have people that have cruel things that happen to them. They're hateful. We have people that have died in tragic ways. But this is life, and Our Lady's not excusing it. This life on earth is not to be one happy, joyful experience. But those who embrace pain and understand it can be happy, even in the midst of the sorrow. And this is the way the world goes around. And Our Lady's telling us this. You won't escape it. 
you got to embrace it. When you try to escape it, when you try to reject it, it's just going to be worse on you. You should never try doing that. So our life is full of this, and it always will be to our dying breath. This song about a crippled bird reminds me of a conversation my brother called me last night. Alabaster is a town that 30 minutes away from here. 
And he called me up, and I made him, him and his wife cry. He said to me, did you hear about the cardinal in Alabaster? I said, cardinal? He says, yeah. I said, who is it? What's his name? What's the cardinal doing in Alabaster? He said, no, a red cardinal. Bird. They saw a yellow one. He says, extremely rare. I said to him, I'd shoot that thing, stuff it, and show it to everybody. He was laughing so hard he couldn't even breathe. His wife was in the background. Ricky, what's so funny? What's so funny? He couldn't get it out. Like three times he tried to say something to her. And he finally told her, and then she started dying laughing. He was choking. He wasn't even breathing. <laughs> so I heard him drop on the floor, and I hung up. He told me this morning he hadn't laughed like that for a whole month. So I know this is kind of humorous with the bird and a cripple bird. But, you know, life is something that you're supposed to be accepting joy in the midst of pain. In fact, when I'm the sickest is when I'm having more fun than anything else, just making jokes about it. And we take life so seriously because we don't keep focus on eternity. This is but a speck in our life of what we'll do. When you're suffering from a headache and it's migraine, it's just like this, the worst headache you've ever had in your life, how miserable it was. Are you hurting from that right now? Do you feel it? One of the kids went through an electric fence the other day, started screaming and screaming. I said, what are you screaming for? It's over. That's one thing that's incredible, electric shock on a fence. You feel it only when you feel it. After it, there's no residue from it. And she was just screaming about it. I said, be quiet. It's over. And sometimes we take on suffering like that, and everything's passed, and you're not hurting anymore, but you want to keep crying about it. So Our Lady is here to teach us about this, and this message is incredible, because if you keep going and dwelling on these things, it leads you to despair. We were talking about before the program began, about people who have more social support experience less cancer pain. They take less medication. They have less labor pain during birth. And those who have bypasses have less chest pains. It's an amazing thing. I heard a couple of months ago something on the radio about the heart. And it was amazing. The Institute of Creation Science, it says, when creation scientists study any of the 11 systems of the human body, such as the respiratory system, digestive, regulatory, immune, or skeleton system, we cannot but give glory to the one who put us all together. The human body clearly looks like it was designed. So how do evolutionists know it wasn't designed? Take, for example, the central organ of our secretarial system. The four-chambered heart, it beats at least 2.8 billion times the average lifespan. Resting between beats. During this time, it pumps 600,000 tons of blood. That's 1,200,000,000 pounds of blood. It's amazing. This goes through 60,000 miles of blood vessels. The muscle that makes up our heart is totally unique. If skeletal, that is a voluntary muscle, tried to do what the heart does day in and day out, it would be useless within minutes. Our bodies, what we go through and what God's given to us, speaks of a creator. And I think our lady's paralleling these things in her messages, trying to tell us in the 25th message that she just gave us in February, 
to look at God's creatures, which he has given to you in beauty and humility, and little children love God above everything. Our Lady is teaching us how to deal with everything in life, including what happened in Parkland, Florida. And all the solutions being offered now is not the solution. It's very frustrating to know what we know, for you to know what you know as all these apostles, and we have to sit on this. But there's going to be a day of reckoning. There's going to be opening it up. The power of Satan is going to be broken when the secret's released. Who are they going to run to? They're not going to run to you because you went to Medjugorje. They're not going to come to you because you speak about the Virgin Mary. They're not going to run to you because they've heard, oh, that person has been to Medjugorje five times. They're going to run to you if you're living apostleship. We have people doing that to us constantly. They come to seek counseling for us. We can be on a plane, and I'm hearing the most intimate parts of people's lives wherever I go. You wouldn't believe the subject matter that we get into, very personal, without me even asking for it. They're seeking help. They're looking for it. You say a little bit on a plane next to somebody. You go get a haircut. You go to this. You go to the store. It's amazing how deep of a conversation, if you're following the apostleship of Our Lady, that she opens up a grace that people open up to you. Literally the most intimate things of their lives. Be it their marriage, be it as individuals, the difficulties they have. It's a constant thing. We can't get away from it. Why? Because there's got to be a grace attached to her apostles. She tells us these things. She shows us to be ready. Not just be ready for us coming in the future, but be ready for the encounter who you meet today. I read this statement today about pain management in the medical field, and it said, inadequate treatment of pain is widespread throughout surgical wards, intensive care units, an accident, and emergency departments. In general, practice the management of all forms of chronic pain, including cancer pain and end-of-life care. This neglect extends to all ages, from newborns to medically frail elderly. That's management of physical pain in the body, they're saying. In Our Lady's message today, where she's speaking so much about pain, and, and her past messages where she's saying, you don't understand pain. Pain is glory. Pain is leading you to glory because you're sharing in Christ's pain that he suffered for your sins. Do you think she's saying in her message, not just today, but in her messages in the past, that the church today is giving inadequate advice to people's pain today, that they are misdirecting people in not seeing the reality of what pain is bringing people to glory, but in actually what they're doing is finding ways to alleviate people's pain by dropping morality from the church. The last time I went to confession, I heard the priest on the monitor, because where we go to confession, they have that play in. He's given the homily during Mass, and he reads the gospel and the reading, and then I'm listening to him while I'm sitting in line, and he starts talking about what he just read. You said in your question, do you think the church is inadequate in what it's given to us, correct? Specifically about dealing with our pain. It's inadequate on, on every level. I don't need to hear the gospel that you just read. 
And then the servants go to the grape vineyard or to the fields, whatever the gospel was about. It was about going out, and then they drove him away. Then he sent his other servants. Then he sent his only son. So they read the gospel, and then they come back and say, you know who the son was? Duh. You're not feeding me. That wouldn't even feed first graders. You say, well, you're being critical. You're being super critical. I am. Give me the gospel in a total another framework of stories, real life. I had a phone call from my brother. I gave you real life, something that you can listen to and lighten things up, but still bring it back to a teaching. I love to hear a story. Who doesn't like to hear a story? Every time my children went to bed, I went beside the bed when they went to bed, and I told them a story every night. And I read them out of Bible stories books, and then I put my own words into it. And even my oldest son, 40 years old, when he comes, he says, tell a story to the kids, because he remembers that. We need priests that become storytellers. That's why many Protestants are flourishing. They'll take the Bible and tell a whole story of real life, related, and you're captivated. Robbie Zachariah, Dr. Tony Evans in Texas, a black minister. His church is $25 million to build it. Why? Because he is a great oratory in the way he speaks. And he, I love his stories. I get a kick out of them. I've used some of his points when I listen to it. Because they feed me, and they feed anybody, and they feed you. We have to be looking what is inadequate in the church and change it. Father Pharisee is a Jesuit. He was with me in the beginning. He was in Medjugorje, lived there a whole winter. He came here during Maria's 1988 visit. He said, never in Medjugorje did I feel the presence of the Virgin Mary like I felt here. And I asked him one time, I said, what makes good priests? He says, if they talk about the gospel. What the seminaries are teaching is a repeat of everything we just heard. We don't need that, fathers. Father Ken Roberts was a great, great preacher, and he told stories. And when we, He was three years booked. I helped book some of his things. That's why I stayed caritas with him. We went to Medjugorje together. Father Ken Roberts would mesmerize you. He would just tell all kinds of things. I remember in Birmingham when we booked him, he says, God don't need at a wedding for everybody to walk down the aisle very slow. That doesn't do nothing for God. We need that. We need that formality for ourselves. And he went on and told stories about that. But the way he said it, I still remember it now. It just popped in my mind. And many things I say came from him or either a Nazarene preacher who lived next door to me or my dad or my mother or something I heard. I come bring stories to people all the time. So the church is inadequate in feeding us. And you say, oh, friend of Israel can't say that. No, Pope Benedict said that. Pope Benedict gathered American bishops and the black American bishop of Atlanta, Georgia, stood up and spoke after this and said that Catholics are going to Mass and receiving the Eucharist and only getting half of what they need. Then they're going to listen to Protestants on the radio or Protestant churches after they get out of Mass. This was years ago. It's even worse now. So there's a lot of inadequacies in the church. What we need to do is we need to hold on to the light. 
and we don't need to be reading our cell phones. I was just out of town. I saw a priest do a homily from a cell phone. And, and he'd pause and he'd look at his cell phone. I said, what a distraction. And actually, he did tell a story, and it was captivating, but it was distracting pulling out this stupid phone in the middle of Mass. So we're called to hold on to the light. If you're in prayer, if you're reading scriptures, you're reading the point man God, you read about the saints, you read all these messages, you know your subject, you can read a gospel and never repeat the gospel and tell the gospel story just like Jesus did. He didn't go talk about the scrolls. He didn't quote the Torah. He told parables. And these parables was always stories. Why are we knocked this out of the seminaries? I didn't want to get on a soapbox about this, but you brought this up, the inadequacy of the church. It's the reality. And I can't concentrate during Mass with all this formality and all these things and what we do. Clean up the Mass. Shorten the homilies. Give me a story. It could be about a dog. I don't care. But tie it into the Scriptures. So we're called to hold on to the light. That love can carry on and captivate people, but we don't have that. Everybody's got to purge themselves. Everybody has scars and got marks. Everybody's kneeled down by the tree in the field, looking at the stars at night times. There's all kinds of things to teach your children, to teach the congregation, to teach yourself. And this is where we need to go to now. If it wasn't known That our love will carry on I will be the wind That echoes on the canyon wall One more day with you to walk around our neighborhood We will never know Like it was understood We never say goodbye If you walk the ridge, you will find 
lady said today at the very beginning of the message great are the works that the heavenly father has done in me as he does in all those who love him tenderly and who faithfully and devoutly serve him and i found that kind of an amazing statement today because of what happened today 10 days ago reverend billy graham died after almost being a century old and it took 10 days to organize his funeral, because so many people wanted to come to it, including President Trump. And Our Lady says today, as he does in all those who love him tenderly and faithfully and devoutly, serve him. Also, the next line says, my children, the Heavenly Father loves you. And the one phrase that they said Billy Graham always spoke about was just three words. God loves you. That was his message to the whole world. God loves you. Our Lady says today, the Heavenly Father loves you. So do you think Our Lady is recognizing and honoring Billy Graham, the great Protestant preacher, today in her words, that his funeral would land on this day of the second of the month after being dead for 10 days for his funeral date? Joan, he's not Catholic. Why would Our Lady do something like that? She's not going to do that. You're not Catholic. The Nazarene preacher I was talking about earlier was like a second dad to me. And uh, a Nazarene came up to him and says, only Nazarenes are going to heaven. Philip Sessions, the preacher says, I hope not because a lot of them ain't going to make it. <laughs> so, yeah, anybody can go to heaven. 
you can have an Indian out there worshiping a tree who loves and a concept of what God is that by their knowledge, they're counted only for that. And Billy Graham was the Protestant Pope. And I came up and said that verbiage, thinking about it. I told some of the girls here or something, you or maybe, I don't know. I said, that's the Protestant Pope. And I read it that they said that it's the Protestant Pope. Yeah, Our Lady will commend somebody like that. Jesus did it to the Romans. He turned to the commander. After he says, just say the word and he'll be healed, my servant. And Jesus is amazed at this pagan and says to the fact, I don't see any faith like this anywhere in Israel. So yeah, Billy Graham was a great man. His story is pretty incredible. He's preached one night. He's in a tent. Nobody really knows him. And Randolph Hearst, the magistrate of all the newspapers, was in a limo. He pulled up behind it, told his chauffeur he wouldn't listen. He rolled down his window. And he hears a sermon of Billy Graham. And he rolls the window up, tells his chauffeur, find out who this guy is. And I want him in the papers all across the nation the next day. And they did. That's how he got his start. I read that years ago, probably 20 years ago. And so God ordained that. Just a few words, a conviction from the heart, got one man, without Billy Graham knowing about it, that God orchestrated a point of destiny that put him on a trajectory to become who he was. And his message was always that. God loves you. And so Our Lady, there's no question in my mind that Our Lady does recognize that. But then there again, the messages are loose. It's for Protestants. It's for Catholics. It's for non-believers. It's for ISIS. These words will be read by everybody when the secrets are released. And so Our Lady does address things in real time, but also in future times. Just want to bring up one thing is that I know that you're talking a lot about pain and suffering in the course of the broadcast today. And to put it in perspective, it doesn't necessarily mean that you won't have any consolation in your lifetime. I just want to tell one quick story. A friend of Medjugorje mentioned this Nazarene preacher that lived next door to him and how much of an influence that had upon his life. And in 2013, after many, many years, really over 20 years of praying and, and making sacrifices and living the cross, a friend of Medjugorje had directed the building of the cross on Penitentiary Mountain right here behind Caritas. And if you've never been to the cross, you, it's something that you need to experience in your lifetime. If you're suffering in your life, you need to experience this cross, especially now during this period of Lent. Make a spur-of-the-moment decision and just come for a weekend and be here. But this Nazarene preacher, Philip Sessions, came to Caritas for the 4th of July, I believe it was, or one of those patriotic feast days. And a friend of Medjugorje said, I want to take you up to the cross. And so we bring him up to the cross, and it's just a few of us with Philip Sessions. And he walks up and he sees the cross, and I can kind of see his face, and I'm just observing the whole thing because I know who this man is in his life, and I know what he what he means to a friend of Medjugorje. And I saw him walk over to something that greets every pilgrim who climbs the cross. It's called It Is. I'm not going to recite it to you. You need to climb the cross and read this. But it speaks all about pain and suffering. And I watched Philip Sessions read this thing, and he's squinting his eyes, and I see his face, and he gets really serious. 
And I just see him not paying attention to anything else. His wife was up there and we're all just talking, but I see him and he's not listening to anything else. And I see his face slowly start to turn into a faint smile. And I see him get to the very bottom of this and he breaks out into a really big smile and he shakes his head and he turns it to a friend of Medjugorje and he says, I approve of everything you're doing. Everything you're doing, I approve of it. And I know that that meant a lot to you. And I know that that's something that could have only have come through years of suffering, years of having to embrace the pain that you've had to embrace. To hear those words from somebody who meant so much to you, I approve of everything you're doing. And so I just wanted to bring that up as a, as a short story to you, so you understand that when this does happen in your lifetime, that God will give you those moments of grace and those moments where everything is worth it. And I know it probably meant a lot to you to hear that. Well, somebody who is a mentor who affected my Catholicism, who as a Protestant is really way away from Catholicism and their beliefs or their ways, very impacting. And so I actually forgot about that. I remember as you were telling it, Philip is a great, great man, loved by everybody. Everybody knew him. He's still alive. You never know what kind of impact you can make on someone. When you do that, this is what everybody's asking for, so that you can live in the hearts that you leave behind, so your life can trace from one generation to the next. You leave your traces by what you live. And it's grace. This grace is offered to you for what you become. Our Lady's trying to get you to become something that you can impact people, that those people can impact other people. I wasn't raised in West End where we was as kids around this man and my father and mother, but especially with his neighbor, that he'd have such an impact on my life as far as being evangelical. One of the complaints in the beginning of Medjugorje was, he's like a Protestant. My response to that was not to defend it, not to say, no, I wasn't, to say, the Protestants have some beautiful things that we need to pick up their traits and put them into our Catholicism. I put those things that I liked that turned me on spiritually into my Catholic faith. And many people around the world follow that. And this grace is always there. We don't have to be confessing. We don't have to be ashamed of who we are. Take what's good and turn it toward conversion.
The grace available to us today is so profound, so beautiful, so powerful that we need to pinch ourselves because in the future we won't believe the time we lived in, the time of grace, an amazing grace. Nobody but nobody, including me, close to the visionaries, the visionaries are close to Our Lady, the priest, those who are the tightest in the miserable world. We'll understand that grace. We got a note from Wayne Weeble today, who was one of the first ones that I met in the Medjugorje. We met in Boston. And Wayne Weeble was a Protestant. He was a Lutheran. He's been in the hospital for a month. He's suffering right now with pain. He's in trouble. He's almost 80 years old. He may be 80 years old by now. Wayne, we promoted his story in a little newspaper we did on Web Press. And we produced probably two or three million of these newspapers. We shipped them out by a thousand per bundle all across the United States of America. His story united the, the nation toward Medjugorje. He and I go back from the very beginning. Nobody's left in the Medjugorje world. Very few people. And we got history that is unrepeatable and irreplaceable. It can't be done again because the cognitions, the experiences, the things that happened in the beginning won't happen again. And it's sad to see where he is at this point. But this also is an amazing grace. And they're asking for prayers for Wayne. And I suggest that you do that. I'd like you to comment at the very close to the end of the message. Our Lady says, how my motherly heart desires that you be complete. And you can be complete only when your soul, body, and love are united within you. It kind of struck me a little strange that those were her three words that she said needs to be united. You think soul, body, divinity. You think soul, spirit. Uh, but the three of those three, those three things, why does I lady specify those three things as saying they must be united within you to be complete? Your whole life is a path to unite to God. Those things that's not united to God will end up in purgatory, those parts, not figuratively said that way, but it would not be able to unite with God. Our Lady's progression of our spiritual life is to grow closer and closer to God, completely united to Him, that like Visca said, you won't feel the passage from this life to the next. And if you're not complete in that unity, you'll end up in purgatory. If you're totally incomplete, you'll end up in hell. And we have people going through life with God, without God. We have people going toward the light, but not yet. They don't want to do that. It's not just weaknesses. It's people just, just rejecting God outright. So everybody's got these weaknesses, and that's where Elise has empathy for us. As she sits there and says that I'm holding your hand even in your temptations and your falls. This is a grace from us, an amazing grace for us, the song just spoke about. And so we have this point you're making, I desire to teach you how my motherly heart desires that you be complete. And you can be complete only when your soul, your body, and love are united within you. Consecrate your body. Consecrate your soul. And that's consecration takes place through love. And if you're united to God at that point, that's your goal. That's your finish line. As St. Paul says, I've run a good race. He's gone through that. We have to keep our eyes on God. We have to keep our eyes on Lady. It's not just tears that when we look through our eyes because of the pain we suffer and everything's blurry. 
We've got to accept things and understand this with grace. I hear people all the time talking about aging and about getting old, or about wrinkles, about this, or aches and pains. The Bible says this, and I read this years ago, and I had this already in my heart, so I united to it. It says, age with grace. I don't care about growing old. I don't think about that. When you age with grace, you don't age as much. We talked earlier in the broadcast about those who are supported socially have less pain, less difficulties. And I can say the same things as if you age with grace, that that's where your body is, that's what God gives to you, you'll have less difficulties, less problems. So you have to keep your eyes on Christ, eyes on Our Lady, and the pains will be shadows. There'll be less of it. So is this is what Our Lady is trying to get us to see. Ain't it just like a tear To go and blur out everything Ain't it just like glass To fall and break so easily Ain't it just like love To leave a mark On the skin and underneath Yeah, when the pain Goes and shadows everything Keep your eyes on me Keep your eyes on me When it hurts too much to see Keep your eyes on me Ain't it the sinner Gets all the grace sometimes Ain't it the saint Who picks up the pieces left behind Yeah, and it's human To hurt the one You hurt the one You love the most And you can't find the sun Keep your eyes on me
How my motherly heart desires that you be complete. And you can be complete only when your soul, body, and love are united within you. Standing in the little town outside of Milano, where Maria lives, we receive the message that our lady says, remember about your life. Because you can't repeat it. You can't replace it. I remember standing on the streets, reading the message that you're unrepeatable and irreplaceable. Think about the town that's passing in front of you. All those things that you're supposed to be. Yes, we're broken vessels. We're shattered. We need mending to be whole. And often we're empty-handed in front of God. He gives us so much, what do we give in return? You can only give something back when you set yourself free. How do you do that? Jesus says, surrender yourself, surrender all your problems to me. Walking through the veils of open fire Looking back at ghosts we left unnamed Breathing in the strength of my fathers Holding the hopeless while the fearless are standing afraid
Yeah, I'm dancing through the wreckage left behind. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I was raised to always hold my head up high. Hallelujah. And so it is, our lady said. Why do you not desire to see the signs? Here's a song playing Alleluia during Lent. We're not supposed to be playing that. Jesus was questioned about fasting. Why were his disciples not fasting? He responded, Do you fast when the bridegroom is present? Are we supposed to stop everything when our whole work is to convert everybody as possible? When one person may hear this song about dancing through the wreckage, that they can sing hallelujah during Lent. I'm not justifying something we want to get away from. I'm saying that lady said, why do you not desire to see the signs? We're in the midst where we have to pull out every stop, every place, every way, everything we can conceive to convert somebody. And we were running across something that might help people to convert. We're in the time that not the bridegroom is with us, but his mother is here in reality. Hallelujah. If one person is lifted up by this song, don't you see the signs? Don't you see we're desperate for time? Don't put off things that can convert or your actions thinking you have a tomorrow. One day we'll be in front of the secrets and we will all have regrets that we didn't do enough for her, our queen. We wish you our lady. We love you. Good night.
This ends the Radio Wave Show with a friend of Mechagoria. You can order this show on CD by contacting Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.